What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the exposit story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Pride is a terrible thing. I mean, it was the original sin, the reason Satan chose to lead a rebellion against Almighty God, because he wanted to be like the Most High. But you ever wonder why? Why did he feel he could be just as good as Almighty God? Well, it was pride. Pride in himself, in his beauty. It says there in Ezekiel that he was covered in diamonds. I mean, beautiful jewels. And many people believe he led all of heaven in worship of Yahweh. And in the end, when he looked at himself and he looked at Yahweh, He said, why can't I have that? I am just as good. Pride. I mean, Isaiah 14 describes the prideful attitude of Lucifer, this angel that fell, that basically began the whole sinful rebellion against God. Lucifer, it began in Lucifer with pride. It says there in Isaiah 14, verse 12, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Pride. You know, it always leads to evil. And in the story I'm going to tell you today, it it leads one king to be imprisoned and to lose his throne, and it causes the other king to be afflicted with leprosy the rest of his life. Well, today's story starts with our friend King Amaziah, right? Dude, he's just defeated the Edomites, man. Oh, cool. I am rocking it. I'm doing awesome as king over southern Israel. He was king over Judah, and he was being blessed by God militarily and economically. The nation was growing, and in some ways he was doing better leading southern Israel than his dad, Joash. But... Because of that, the Bible points out Amaziah, he was more like his dad than he would want to admit, because he wanted to follow God and Baal all at the same time, just like his dad. He started out well in pleasing the Lord and being faithful to the covenant, but then He decides to elevate his wants and his needs and his desires above that of God. And he decides to pursue a fleshly idol of the Edomites. 
and probably not just one idol, many of their gods. Now, now, why would you worship the gods of the nation you just defeated? And why would you not obey the one true God named Yahweh who just defeated them for you? I don't get it. It makes no sense. Well, I think it makes sense when you realize this. It comes down to pride. Pride in what you want, pride in what you desire, and not humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God. Well, that is what Amaziah did. He starts worshiping other idols, and God says, I want you to have nothing but me. You're supposed to have no other idols before me. And Amaziah breaks one of the Ten Commandments right there. And so God comes to him and tells him through a prophet, that because Amaziah had abandoned God, Amaziah was going to die. Man, you would think at that point Amaziah would repent and ask for forgiveness. But instead, Amaziah tells the prophet to shut up, sit down, or and quit talking, or he, Amaziah, was going to kill him, the prophet. What a response to God's judgment. I'm going to kill you because you're worshiping other gods. Amaziah says, I don't care. Shut up, prophet. Who are you to tell me what to do? Pride. It does strange things to your logic and your thinking, right? Because Amaziah does not humble himself. He does not ask for forgiveness. But instead he goes out and threatens one of the biggest bullies on the block. I mean, again... Pride makes you do dumb, stupid things. He thinks he's the coolest guy. Now Amaziah does. So he goes out and he picks one of the biggest bullies. And that's the king of northern Israel, Jehoash. And he sends a message to Jehoash that he wants to meet him face to face. I mean, that's all, right? I just want to meet you, Jehoash. Now, this could have been a, a a threat, or maybe it was simply a request to hang out. Well, probably it was an attempt to see how he, Amaziah, measured up to the big, bad northern Israel king, Jehoash. And Jehoash, he sees this. And he calls Amaziah out on his pride. He responds to Amaziah's wish to meet with Jehoash by sending him back a story. He sends him a parable, and, and he sends this story about there was once a thistle who wanted his son to marry the daughter of a cedar tree. Now, a thistle is just a small plant, and a cedar tree is massive. So this little thistle asked the cedar tree if his son could marry his daughter. I mean, that's what he asks. Well, while waiting for an answer, the little thistle gets trampled by a wild beast. End of story. Now, as weird as the story is, I, I mean, it is pretty weird, right? We're mixing allegorical types here. Come on, Jehoash, you're mixing plants and animals. Why all of a sudden the story's all about a thistle talking to a cedar tree and then out of nowhere an animal tramples it? I mean, this makes no sense. Stick with one type here, for goodness sake, Jehoash. But... As weird as the story is to our modern hearing, thistle talking to a cedar tree, 
gets run over by an animal. But the bigger point is this. The thistle was so unimportant, so little in the grand scheme of things, that he got trampled by a random animal, not even related to the main point of the story. I mean, that's what I think the main point is. You are nothing, Amaziah. And so what Jehoash was saying is simply that. You are nothing, Amaziah. Your cause is your pride is causing you to pick a fight with me, and you had better watch out. I mean, Jehoash even says so. I mean, he says, see? He says, he says, look, you're saying, Amaziah, you're saying, look, I have struck down Edom. And your heart has lifted you up in boastfulness, but now stay at home. Why should you provoke trouble so that you fall, you and Judah with you? I mean, that's what it says in Second Chronicles twenty-five nineteen. Jehoash says, just back off. Stay at home. Don't cause trouble. Jehoash gives a warning shot across Amaziah's bow. Back off. You are getting too big for your britches. But did he listen? Was Amaziah humble enough to take the warning? Sadly, for Amaziah and southern Israel, no. Instead, Amaziah faces Jehoash in a battle at a town called Beth Shemesh. And the battle begins and Amaziah is roundly defeated by Jehoash. I mean, he just crushes him. He's so badly beaten that Jehoash ends up capturing and holding Amaziah prisoner. And then to grind Amaziah even more under his heel, Jehoash goes and destroys 600 feet of the wall around Jerusalem, the capital of southern Israel. And then he goes in and he steals all the gold, silver, and precious objects from the house of God in Jerusalem, takes them all the way back to his capital, Samaria. So he's got Amaziah as a prisoner. He's torn down 600 feet of the wall. He's totally said to Amaziah, look, I have made you nothing. You're my prisoner. I've destroyed your fortress. I've taken your silver and your gold. You are nothing. Well, eventually Amaziah is released from prison, but by the end of his reign, he was so unpopular that he never got to go back and rule in the capital from the palace again. Instead, his son Uzziah reigns in, his am, reigns in his absence, and Amaziah has to rule in exile. Eventually, assassins find where he lives and murders him. I mean, he gets murdered just like his dad Joash was murdered. And just like his dad Joash, Amaziah's reign ends in disgrace. Amaziah began his reign well enough. But in the end, pride and a faithless heart leads to his downfall. So now, Uzziah, his son, reigns and rules southern Israel. Now, Uzziah had begun to reign at the age of 16 when he had to be a co-regent. He reigned with his father because his father was gone. He was in prison. He was captured by Jehoash, right? So the people raised Uzziah up and said, at the age of 16, you're going to reign now. You're going to be a co-regent with your dad, but you're also king. 
And so when his father was eventually killed, Uzziah then became outright king of southern Israel. Now, under Uzziah's leadership, he was one of the best kings of southern Israel ever. I mean, historically, he did an awesome job. Under his leadership, southern Israel blossomed and grew and regained much of the territory it had lost. Under Uzziah's leadership, southern Israel regained some of the glory it had during the time of Solomon, even, some people think. He destroyed the Philistine towns of Gath and Jabna and Ashdod, and, and he rebuilt others in their place. And he was successful militarily against the Arabs of Ger Baal and the Meunites. And, and then the Ammonites even began to pay him tribute and recognized his sovereignty. And Uzziah's fame, it says in Second Chronicles 26, his, Uzziah's fame even spread to Egypt's borders. They were like, whoa. Don't mess with Uzziah of southern Israel. Well, that was militarily. That was internationally. Well, internally, while Uzziah reigns, he masterminded the construction of fortress towers in Jerusalem and at various points on the wall. And then he also rebuilt Jerusalem's western wall. He also undertook massive agricultural projects in the desert and the foothills and the plains. He also developed an army of over 307,000 men and he trained them and he put them in divisions. 2,600 leaders each had their own division. And on top of all that, so militarily, he's awesome. Internally, he's building things, developing this awesome army. Well, technologically, he's no dummy. He pioneered the use of certain advanced weapons such as catapults to hurl arrows and large stones at a great distance. Uzziah, king-wise, he was a stud. He was cool. He had power. He had might. And you know what made Uzziah so successful? What did he do that made him such a fantastic leader? Well, the writer of Second Chronicles makes it clear. He followed God. I mean, it says right there, he set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Second Chronicles 26 verse 5, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Now, the writer of 2 Kings, where it tells the same story, adds that Uzziah, he was sort of like his dad again. He followed God, yay, but he also didn't tear down the altar of the other gods, and he never stopped the worship of other gods by the Israelite people. But as long as his mentor, Zechariah, was alive, Uzziah had a heart true to God, ultimately, and the Lord blessed him. And despite his failings, the Lord blesses him and blessed him and blessed him and blessed him. You've got all this power. You've got all this fame given to you directly from God. So what would cause you to turn from God? If following God is bringing you military and economic benefit, why would you quit? Well, here comes that ugly word again. Pride. As Isaiah grew, in power and military and financial success and, and agriculture and building and technology success, Uzziah's head got bigger 
and bigger and bigger. Plus, it seems that his mentor, Zachariah, when he died, Uzziah began to struggle spiritually. So here you have a man who has not internalized his faith and is becoming more prideful by the day. Altogether, this is a recipe for disaster. And that's what happens next. Because all the pride goes to Uzziah's head. And without spiritual leadership and not internalizing his faith, he begins to think, you know, I have the right to go anywhere and do anything I please. I am the king. I'm the mighty king of southern Israel. Look what I've done. And I wonder if he looks around and he thinks, you know, I can control and do anything I want, be anything, marry anybody. Just, I, I'm that powerful. But there is that one area that is off limits. And it's the temple of God. Now, God, before in the book of Exodus and Deuteronomy and establishing the nation of Israel, had laid out that most of the duties had to be done through the Levitical priesthood. Most of the duties of the temple had to be done through the Levitical priesthood. And God had laid out strict requirements in the law as to how certain things were to be carried out in the temple. And I wonder if one day Uzziah just let his pride get the best of him and began to wonder why did God not let the king of Israel be a part of the everyday rituals at the temple? Why the priest and why only his servants could do certain things? I wonder if this began to bother Uzziah, great king Uzziah. And so, it doesn't really say why, but one day, he walks into the temple of the Lord and began to attempt to do things that he was not allowed to do by God's very law. Uzziah one day marches into the temple and he attempts, and this is what he tried to do, he attempts to burn incense on the altar of incense. Now the altar of incense is this beautiful is this beautiful altar right in the middle of the tabernacle and right in the front of the curtain separating the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple. It's made out of acacia wood and overlaid with gold. In the altar of incense, it stood the tallest of all the furniture in the holy place, a foot and a half square and three feet high. An ornamental gold rim like a crown circled the top with golden horns on each corner. I can see why Amaziah was attracted to this, you know. And, and the altar stood before the veil that separated the Holy of Holies from the holy place. And the priest would take a, a censer and, and he would use it to burn incense at the altar of incense every morning and every evening. As they trimmed the lamps, and the smell of this incense would rise, and it was beautiful. Well, here, Uzziah, he's attempting to do something only certain priests who were of the tribe of Levi, who were the descendants of Aaron, were allowed to do. And when the priests found out what Uzziah was up to, that he was trying to burn incense on the altar of incense, they ran out to stop the king. Now get this, 80 priests, 80 of them, run out 
to try to stop King Uzziah from burning incense at the altar. This is how important it was to them. This is how much they knew this was a defilement of God's law. And they were led by the priest Azariah. And they ran after him. And I can imagine they, they, they boldly stood up to a king who had the power of life and death in his hands. And, and they blocked his attempt to burn incense. And, and maybe they formed a barricade when Uzziah tried to cross. They come in and oh, oh there's all this fighting and pushing and shoving. And I can imagine in a rage, Uzziah grabs a censer. Now a censer is, is, is sort of like a, a metal teapot that's on the end of a chain and they would swing it back and forth and in this teapot they would have hot burning incense and it would spread the beautiful smoke everywhere. Well, it says that Uzziah grabs an incense and I wonder if he's whipping it around his head trying to maybe swing it at him or to hit him with the burning incense and he's so mad and that's when the priests see it. <gasps> they just take a deep breath. <gasps> what they see just stops the priests in their tracks. And what Uzziah begins to feel stops him in his tracks too. The priests looked at his face specifically. They begin to look at Uzziah's forehead. They drew their breath in amazement and horror because what they saw forming on Uzziah's forehead was disgusting and it spelled doom for Uzziah. And you know what it was? It was leprosy. It was leprosy and, and, and the priest rushed Uzziah out of the temple because now he is unclean. And Uzziah, for the rest of his reign, could not be in the palace. For the rest of his reign, he had to be separated from the people. And he forever had leprosy on his forehead, and it probably went down the rest of his body. For the rest of his life, God judged him by giving him leprosy. Because Uzziah's pride said, I have a right to do something that God says, no, you do not, and I will judge you with leprosy. For the rest of his reign, Uzziah was a crippled man who no longer was the center of power. And no longer was this great King Uzziah. He was now the leprous King Uzziah, shoved out of the palace, kept away from all his friends, kept away from all the people. Pride. Pride destroyed Uzziah. Pride destroyed Amaziah. Well, I just want to encourage you with two things from today's story. Number one, obey God, you will be blessed for it. I just want to encourage you with that. Obey God. You will be blessed for it. Now, I'm not saying you'll automatically have the best of anything. You'll do the best on test. You'll have the best finances. You'll do the best at work. You'll have the best dates. You know, I'm not saying any of that. Because when you obey God, it doesn't mean everything is going to be great. Sometimes obeying God will cost you. You may lose a friend because you stand up for something that's right. Or you may be made fun of at school or work because you stand up for something that's right. 
But I can promise you that if you are obedient to Jesus and what he says in Scripture, you'll be blessed in some way, either in this life or in the life to come. God says, in the life to come, our pleasure's at my right hand forevermore for those who know him and love him. Obey God. It's the only path to blessing. And some of you need to obey God by getting saved. By saying, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. I'm going to do that first step of obedience and follow you. Obey God. You will be blessed for it. But secondly, and the bigger point is this. Fight pride every day of your life. It was the first sin and it led to Lucifer being kicked out of heaven and damned to hell for all eternity. It led to two kings of southern Israel's downfall. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction. Think about that. Proverbs 16, 18, Pride goes before destruction. It will lead to your downfall. But you know what's interesting? In today's world, pride is extolled and, and, and it's raised to a level of importance that is the exact opposite to what God says we should do with pride. Today, we're told to love ourselves, and we have a whole month devoted to pride, right? Pride month, and we, we need to be proud of our identities and who we are, and don't let anybody put you down and push back and fight. Pride, pride, pride. It's all about loving yourself. Take time out to love who you are. The Bible says, instead of loving ourselves and boasting about ourselves, God says, instead... To humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he, God, may exalt you. Let's fight pride. Let's fight pride every day of our lives. And when we get discouraged fighting pride, we sometimes wonder if it's worth it. Let's think about Amaziah. Let's think about what happened to Uzziah. And let's get busy honoring God, glorifying him, and making much of him every day in our lives. To God be all the glory. To God be all the praise. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.